Bull releases Moana Mataeli. Slips away from Evans, got too close to that. Oh, And welcome to another episode of the Counter Ruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. I'm the host of the Counter Ruck, Stacey, and today we welcome a knowledgeable panel of rugby enthusiasts. So let me start by quickly introducing everyone. Uh, firstly, we have our resident Chiefs fan and a wider matter rugby stalwart, Rog. Rog, thanks for coming on, brother. Talofalava. Cheers, bro. And, um, uh, we also have the host of the Back of the 135 podcast and a diehard blues fan, uh, Cameron. Cam, thanks for jumping on, bro. No worries, mate. How's everyone doing? Um, hungry, mate. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just on that, boys. Um, so for those that listened to our podcast last week and even for those that didn't, um, we are trying to promote uh, healthy lifestyles at the WizWiz Network. So we're doing a weight loss challenge, boys, only one week in. And so far, so good. I'm not sure if people have seen our posts, but looks like everyone's trending in the downward direction of the weight, so that's what we wanted to see. Uh, but Cam's mate, I'll ask you, bro, how have you found that first week? I didn't find it too bad, eh? Because, you know, I'll, um, all I did was did a bit of intermittent fasting. I just had one meal a day. Ah. Didn't do any exercise. And I was, um, yeah, so I was, trying to, I was trying to get my body used to having one meal a day. But uh, I paid off because I lost um, almost three three kgs in the week. So I think the the tricky thing is to to maintain that or you know keep going from there. So now I'm pretty pleased with my first week. Hasn't been too bad. Ah, I might have to have a look into that because you lost like more than double what I lost in that first week, and I'm already struggling. So um, now nah, that's good, man. That's good to see. You know, just we're trying to do the right thing and encourage healthy lifestyles. So. You know, keep following us on on this journey as we go through for all our listeners. But uh, yeah, I'll um I'll take um, care of a few housekeeping things before we start, boys. So our website is up and running. So check us out at www.wizwiznet.com, and you can also follow the Counter Ruck on Twitter and Facebook. So give us a follow and give us a like. And yeah, lastly, I just wanted to announce that the Wizwiz Network is expanding, and we have a second studio up and running out in Starling. So this is the first time that the Counter Ruck is recording from our new studio, so it's good to sort of expand a bit more. Um, right, boys, so uh, before, now we're going to start, I wanted to uh, look at um, one thing we missed last week, which was Cook Island Language Week. So we missed mentioning that on the pod, our last podcast, but I wanted to look at it from a Counter Ruck perspective and look at who is the greatest Cook Island uh, rugby player of all time or the greatest Cook Island All Black so, Rog, mate, I'll come to you, bro. Um, have you got a uh, person that comes to mind as the greatest Cook Island um, All Black? Well, he's related to a couple of uncles that represented the All Blacks as well, and, and they were Graham Bishop as well as Stephen Bishop. And so my pick is Aaron Major. He was a second five for midfielder for Canterbury, Crusaders, and the All Blacks. 
but I think um, the reason why he because he he lasted a you know quite a long time in the All Blacks and played in an era where there were some outstanding midfielders around his time, and yet he was he was a mainstay in as a number twelve, predominantly as a as a number twelve. Um, he had some contenders around that time, like the Sam Tutupo. Uh, Ma'anunu was coming through as well in that time. Um, but he he came out of a cluster of players from the under-19s and under-21 crop. But I have a story about uh, Aaron Majors when we went to visit Kevin Seengil when Kevin was in a, a Cook Island, uh, sorry, uh, under-21s Colts camp. And... Um, out in, in Takapuna, we went to, and Orini Ai was part of that, I think Jonah Fahu as well, and we didn't know who, and, and Aaron Major was, um, he was in the under-19s at the time, but he got caught into this under-21s, and me and some of the boys, I think Tana was part of it, another brother, Alton Lee, and we went over to visit Kevin and camp, and we had some chocolate, and Kev was all down for the chocolate, yeah, sweet, sweet, and then there was this young kid that was lying down in his bed, bare-chested, um, uh, hands behind his head, and he had all this protein and all this powder around surrounding his bed. And we offered him some chocolate, and he said, no, 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 I don't need chocolate. And then we didn't know who he was at the time, and then, you know, lo and behold, he, the rest of his history, he became an all-black, and <laughs> as soon as it was Aaron Major that we saw and identified him on TV years later, then we realised, sheesh, I think a secret to becoming an all-black is not to eat chocolate. <laughs> Oh, nice. So that way you didn't get a, you didn't make it there, Rod. Too much chocolate. Yeah, no, nah, I love my chocolate too much, so <laughs> I, I sacrificed uh, being in all black, just having black chocolate. Nah, but Aaron Major is a good good, yeah. good athlete. Um, bit of longevity. Unfortunately, he had to retire from the game due to a neck injury, I believe, when he was playing overseas. But um, I'm not too sure how many tests he played. Fact checker. Uh, he played uh, 46. Well, he appeared. He appeared 46 times for the All Blacks. It's quite a nice. That, that's quite a lot, yeah. Um, it, it's weird because he's not that really. He's not a big guy, you know. He's not this giant like you look at the modern game and that the modern second five. So all over 100 kg plus. When you think of like Manonu and and you know uh, Samu Kurevi and you know Sonny Paul Williams, this is what the 12s look like now. So he was sort of the last of those sort of ball playing smaller 12s. So uh, he had a really good career when you consider his size for the for the 12 as well. So that, yeah, quite like quite like that pick of Aaron Major. Didn't realise he was Cook Island as well. He, he had that Cook Island heritage. So good pick up there, Rog. Uh, what about you, Cam? Have you got a, a pick for um, best Cook Island rugby player? So out of the list we pulled out, we we had we had Rene Ranger in there on that list. Um, John Timo, I think, was on that list as well. Uh, but yeah, for me, I'll, I'll go for Aaron Major as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think he does stand out quite a bit as well. Hard to argue with Aaron Major. Uh, Lima Sopoanga is another guy. Uh, he had 22 tests for the All Blacks. He's got some Cook Island in, in him. I think his mother is of Cook Island descent. And he also won that Super Rugby title with the Highlanders. Um, yeah, and Rene Ranger, who you mentioned, he only played six tests, but he probably should have played more. I thought he was that good. That might be my Blues bias coming through. But uh, yeah, I thought he was way better than six tests for the All Blacks. But um, yeah, just I think it was some of the depths with the outside backs. And we see talk about it now with guys like Ben Lamb who can't get a look in so it's always been quite hard to get in the outside backs but, um, but I, I think, think if you go the if modern you... players there's a guy um, Ben Chariki Ben Nicholas he's a, another Cook Island guy he's just running around he hasn't played at all black level but just special mention for some of the current guys as well so Roger you something to add? No I think with Rennie Ranger for me he'd be probably my pick of the most exciting 
of the Cook Island bunch. Yeah. Uh, just the dynamic and impact that he would have, like the way he would bump off players, his his running style and uh, his speed, obviously. And I think he was just an unorthodox type of a outside back, but who could fill in at centre as well. Um, but he had a real good excitement factor about him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Another guy is Stephen Bishop because we picked him for our top uh, fifteen Samoan descent. That's on his, his father's side, huh? so his mum's side, the Cook Island side, he'll probably have a, a good mention too for being on our top fifteen. And I think you can go even further because Graham Bishop was uh, he was an outstanding halfback for his generation and one that was touted as probably who had the sharpest pass in New Zealand rugby at the time. And so for that ninety to be a part of that ninety five World Cup again, double edged sword with. You know, having Samoan heritage, just like his brother, and then his nephews, like Nathan and Aaron Major. But Graham Bishop, for that period of time, he kept out guys like, um, who was that North Harbour? Ian Strong. And, um, you know, and he had Junior Tunu on his, on his coattails as well. Justin Marshall was coming in. Um, he was, basically his understudy at the time. So once Graham Bishop finished, Justin Marshall and Junior Tunu were fighting it out. Yeah, I think Graham Bishop, he he should have played more tests with the All Blacks. I think he, he ended up um, playing in Japan as soon as rugby went professional. And that was sort of the end of his All Black career. But yeah, you're right. Back in those days, he had an outstanding passer. He was right up there. And he was the number one halfback at that 95 World Cup for, for the All Blacks. That's right. And then that was it. 96, I think he was gone. Mm. Uh, isn't um I think also Grant Bishop's the only guy, uh, one of the few people that went um straight to the Oblix but never played uh, for his province or something like, something crazy like that. I remember seeing um mm. yeah yeah. I'm I the fa- I'm the fact well. checker. I should know the stuff, but um, I'm I'm pretty sure. I know there's a couple others. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's the guy, like um he wasn't even starting for his own province and he ended up um oh, right. play for the Oblix so. Um, I'm trying to look that up on our stats being the fact checker tonight, but I can't. Jerome Connell, I think Jerome Connell was another one. Oh, okay. Is Went he... from Auckland Bees to. Well, no, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't. Okay, let's. I don't know. Hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure my one holds up. I'm going to check. I'm going to actually check that for us, Stacey, because this, that's a, that's a huge claim. I think we could. I think we could. You know, I, I think Toyama might be the other one, but I mean, with this guy, this Jerome Kennedy, that's a big one. Um, no, delete, delete, delete. We're definitely keeping that one up now. So. I think he. Um, yeah. If there's something about Jerome Connell that he made. Went from instead of playing for Auckland, it might have been that he played for the Blues, and I think Jerry Kotoko might be another one. Oh, that's something we'll have to um, follow up on. <laughs> He's made. Um, I only got twenty-two in typing. <laughs> it's been a minute, so <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. Um, this is coming pretty thick of bust with questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. We're, we're, well, we're actually on the Jerome Kano page now. And it doesn't make any mention of him coming straight from White Matter um, into the... Can you see anything along those lines, Cameron? Um, okay, Auckland and Blues career. He made his debut in 2004 for Auckland. Yeah, yeah he Blues. went on the end of year tour in 2004. So his, his, I know his first all-black match was against the Barbarians, which wasn't considered a, a test, but... Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay, we're just looking at early career. <laughs> I don't no, know. Oh, no, okay, okay, yeah. 
despite being without a super rugby contract Boom. Uh, for the 2005 there it is. Super 12 season, Kenya was called into the All Blacks. Yes. That's what I meant to season. say. Okay then, <laughs> no Super Rugby, and he was. I mean, you know, that's good because I know, like, I've been listening. Your strike record's about twenty percent, so <laughs> this this is a huge one. So it kind of brings your average back up. Yeah, it's like you, a double way. This is a double. So he's above the. He's budget above fifty people. So let's <laughs> let's let's um, round of applause for. Thank him. you, thank you. <laughs> So back to you, Stace. Yeah, back to you, the host. Averages, the next three things <laughs> the pit is going to be uh, yeah. pretty much easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but boys, boys, um, yeah, some good good um, stuff there on the Cook Island, uh, these Cook Island Heritage. So they've contributed a lot to New Zealand rugby and it's great they were able to acknowledge them as part of the Cook Island Language Week. But um, yeah, if, if you guys haven't got anything else to add on that, um, we'll do some uh, reviews. Um, so on Saturday night, Hurricanes played the Chiefs, and the Hurricanes took that one out 31 to 18. So, Rog, mate, that's your team, brother. Uh, what's, um, I feel like we keep, <laughs> I should just replay what you've said the last three or four weeks. Uh, anything different to add? Any other excuses? I think the thing is with that, that match, yeah, it was the final match for the Chiefs this, this, uh, this competition, but, for me, it was still uh, an exciting match to watch. And you only have to go as far as the highlight reel to look at the times that all the, where the scores took place that indicates that there was, it was tit for tat and it was going back and forth, back and forth, and they were still in the game all the way until that last um, try. So, you know, in the seventh minute, Umanga Jensen scored a beautiful try. 25th minute, that's when... You know, we were able to have some points on the board, so it took us a long time to get into the game and score some points. 25th minute, that's when McKenzie scored the first penalty. Then you had the 27th, and a couple of minutes later, it just seemed like we were all play, always playing catch up because then Garden Bishop had a nice pass to Umanga Jensen, getting on the outside of Sean Stevenson, holding the pass long enough for, for Wilson to draw in McKenzie and two other defenders before offloading it back to Umanga Jensen and, and him scoring his second try of the match. But then in the in the second half, we were able to peel it back and score our first try, which was from um, Aaron Cruden, long skip pass to Wainui to score in the corner. So it was 12-10 at that time. The 50th minute then, seven minutes later, Dane Cole scores um, in the corner where he loves to, you know, stay out wide and skip pass from Garden Bishop, who was having a stellar of a game to draw Coles in, and it was 17-10 at that stage. 53rd minute, we were able to peel it back for another penalty, 17-13. But then it was the cross kick from Garden Bishop to Cobus Van Wyk that pretty much showed that, you know, the Hurricanes were there to win in front of their home crowd and keep their chances alive. And so they were out 24-13 by that stage. 64th minute, the Chiefs were able to score from a rolling mall and a nice forward try. But um, what what sealed it for the, for the Hurricanes was Jamie Booth, who had some great darts from the back of the ruck and this one where he um, went from a ruck after a Geordie Barrett break and a nice inside offload to the inside runner which was Proctor to seal the victory and 31-18 so I, I still enjoyed it I, I'm, I'm I'm sort of happy with the Chiefs you know although they didn't secure any victory and they weren't able to win this one but they were able to provide some good entertaining games and 
this was, you know, no, it was no less in, in this particular example either. So, but Hurricanes well deserved in getting that win. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, the Chiefs, like you said, they've been in, they've been in all the games. So I think they ended up with five, five bonus points, five losing bonus points. So I, that, that was the and nine of those the, the um, oh sorry, eight, it was the eight games they've played. Uh, seven of them they lost by less than twelve. So they were right in all those games. This one was the only one where they got a thirteen point loss which was their biggest for the season. But you know, just um, reflecting on some of the stuff which you've mentioned right throughout the pods there, uh, Rog. But, uh, yeah, Cams, how did you see that one? How did you see that game, Hurricanes, Chiefs? I didn't see the game. But uh, there was a bit of a controversy that um, Aaron Cruden wasn't playing. But then I saw in the paper that he accepted the contract overseas. Oh, oh was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, call on some of those. I think, yeah, with this season over, because they put um, Naholo, Kenny Naholo on the bench. Uh, there was another guy making his debut, and uh, they didn't risk up or share, so uh, I'm not sure if they just decided we're going to already start looking towards the future and picking some young guys and or whatever. Japan, he's going to he's going to Japan. I think on it as well. All I know is I, I, yeah, I he's saw, off to Japan. So bef- I before uh, this game, I watched the the highlights to the the last round before COVID, and it was be- you know between the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes again won that game, and it was a they they stole it at the death with a penalty because it was a draw, otherwise. But uh, Jordy Barrett kicked it to take the win, and it was an exciting game then. And but you know it was so it was sort of and that was in Hamilton. So for them to win this game again and obviously beat the Chiefs three times this year now um, is a good omen for Hurricanes rugby anyway. So, but it was still an exciting game for me. This is a um, this is a very PC, very PC answer. Um, honestly, like you didn't touch on anything um, with your response because you gave the whole scoring output in there, and you never acknowledged the fact that we, um, the way we've been losing, as Chiefs, because um, like you said, though, how, how, you know, we have been, you know, we there've been exciting games, but there's been times that we've played. Like, we've just had really bad um, lapses, and that's what it was, because these games that we were winning, I think the Highlanders won, like, especially that one, there's the right side, and they just, every time they went down that right side, um, the Wainui side, and they, they were making breaks down that side, and then every team, for some reason, the Chiefs before, like last year, or like, you know, the, like the previous five years, if we ever got into that, like, that tight, you know, if we were up by two, we'd win those, you know, those grind-out games. We used to always win it because we had guys like um, Liam Messam. We had Brody in that. You know, we had the guys that would make the right decisions. So, you know, we knew, okay, with Brody, if Brody's in there, he's going to help these guys keep the ball in or, you know, we're going to make the right decisions. Every game that we've lost, it's been through over, like, giving away stupid penalties or just like missed tackles in there, especially the penalties one. I think the one against the Blues. There's that one. There's the Hurricanes. You know, it's we never made these mistakes before. You know, I'm not used to seeing us make stupid mistakes because we don't. For me, Brady, Brady not being there is the biggest reason why we. I guarantee, if we had Brady there, and I know people are gonna go, oh, this guy's just biased because he's a. Ch-. If we had that, if we had him here, if we had. Son, and I, I don't know the reasoning why they were starting. They weren't starting Cruden because he wasn't injured. Some of those games that he wasn't starting him, he was on the he was on the bench. You know why are you 
Why have you got someone that you had starting at the beginning of the year, pre-COVID, when you were when we were up four one, and then you come back and he's 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 not even starting for your team. You know, we when we should be trying to win these games, he should be uh, like the, your best first five should be the guy starting. So I I just think that, and I know this is an excuse, and people are going to use it, or people are going to laugh, but um, I I I know that if we had who we like, if we had Brady, if we had um, like made better decisions, we wouldn't be talking. We'd, we'd be talking about us being up there, you know. Like we're using that excuse, like um, oh, every game was exciting. We just lost. I'm not, and now I know what it's like to be a Blues fan. <laughs> That's real talk. <laughs> That's real talk because remember last year, like the Blues, or the year before, the couple of years, like the Blues, they'd be in, they'd be winning games, and then they would give. You know, I've seen. There's that Conrad Smith game where he scored in the last minute. There's a game where Jordy, I think, uh, Bernard Ballard scores. So one game. You know, we, those are the games that we would beat the Blues in. And now that the Blues have found that, they've found how to win. Yeah. We've lost that. And so I don't know what it is. I know we've got the players. So um, so this year, I'm going to put it down to, <laughs> I'm going to keep calling it the asterisk year because I'm going to keep, I don't want to add any value to this, to this year. But I just think that, um, I still believe you know I've still got the same like Rog the team's there I think if we just tweak a few things we'll be you know we'll, we'll, we're going to have the same this time next year I want to I want to bring this episode back up because we'll still be going and we'll be leading the we'll be leading the comp we'll be we'll be taking because it looks like it came out in the news sorry to take this long but it came out in the news that it's more than likely that we're going to have the same competition next year and it's because of the, the the travel bubble, because of COVID, um, and I guarantee, I'm going on it now, man. I, I guarantee that we'll be leading the comp next year. We're not going to be as bad as. This is just like for like. It's like everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not just saying because you know for me when I think of when I think of the Chiefs season, I think of three things that we're missing this year. And these are three X factors for you guys, right? So, the biggest one is Brody Rivertag not being there. I think um, David McKenzie being injured last year and coming back for his first year after being injured, um, I think that's taken you know some bite out of the out of the tech and the Chiefs. Um, the other X factor that was missing because of injury was um, Alumalo. Yeah, because he wasn't. That's right. He was, yeah, he was hardly there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Solomon Alay Maro, you know, as much as I like Wainui and all those guys, um, Stevenson's another one, I really like him. Um, Solomon, he, we, like, when it came to our backs, there wasn't any, like, you didn't have a guy like, man, like Caleb Clark, you know, he showed on the weekend why he's so valuable because he creates, you know, Wainui, as much, as good as he is, he's more of a, he's a finisher and we, it looked like, felt like we just had finishers. We didn't have people, you know, you can leave it to Damien to uh, McKinsey to try and create everything, him and Leonard Brown, but we just missed that kind of, uh, yeah, like you said, yeah, yeah, it's awesome that you pointed out him because, um, you know, he was on the verge last year of, of, um, of big things and, and uh, another one is, um, what's the sevens guy that we never really, um, yeah, 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 him. Yeah, like he's another guy. Like I just hope, 
next season, like he, I hope no one picks him up. You know what I mean? Like you know, he doesn't. He stays with the Chiefs. Outside of the Chiefs, yeah. Because I, I know if you see the sevens and if you see the write up on this guy, man, hmm. he's what we need. You know what I mean? And if Brady comes back next year, I'll be singing a different tune. So why do you think he's not being utilised in? I don't know. I think, well, the times that he has played, he really hasn't, mm. you know what I mean? Like, mm. everyone knows his potential, but he hasn't really shown it on the field, you know? Mm. And I, there are a few times, if we go back, that he has played, I think defensively he's been showing up a few times, and I guess he's still trying to learn, because he does, he does have a rugby background, but he played league as well. So I don't know if those are the old kinks he needs to get out, but... Yeah, I guess if there's something to take, because I totally hear where you're coming from and the points that you made as well as Cam, but you know, depending on a guy like Brad Rutalic, it's good to see how valuable he is when he's not there, and then if, if he is part of the equation that needs to get the to solve the problems at the Chiefs in order for them not to have a season like well a makeshift season as we've had this year and have. Eight and O during Super Aotearoa, mm. then it goes to show the valuable how valuable he is for the Chiefs. But at mm. the same time, where then do the other guys take well, the well, onus and come into well, the fore and and try and make and fill in those shoes? Because obviously you can't fill those shoes, but you got to try and make up with those plays that you do have. Well, I think okay. So there's uh, if there's any if any one player came out of this the Chiefs campaign looking like he's the man, um, Lachlan Boshier comes yep, out. Agree. So he's. So he's a, a guy that's going to shine. We've got the Colonel Black captain, and um, who's the Luke Jacobson? So yeah. Luke J- Jacobson's been injured. Yep. So he's, that he's you know, those are, if we get those three guys on the field all at, at the same time, that check that out for a, a, like a loose forward. Mm. All we need is probably like maybe just getting a bit more experience in our locks in that. But I, I, with Cruden, okay, okay. Now that with Cruden going, it's us trying to find what do we do now? You're Trask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I see the value in all those players, but what I'm, I'm encouraged is that, okay, so those are the players that we're missing or Damien McKenzie coming back didn't have the same impact, but he was still trying to, you know, yeah. be as exciting as he has been in the past. But it's, where d- then does an Anton Leonard Brown, does he step up? They were getting frustrated. Aaron Cruden was getting frustrated in weeks gone by. And so it's now... The onus is on all the other chiefs to try and step yeah. up and um, come to the come to play, but we just haven't been good enough, and that's where I'm I'm easily excited by what they've put out this year. At the same time, I'm going to be gracious and defeat. Yeah, oh, I'm not. I'm bad like that, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say I'm spiteful like that. But I'm just saying, um, and that's only when it comes to sports people. But I'm just saying, yeah, I'm like you too. I am encouraged. We're there. It's just. Now we need to get over the hump. Mm. Uh, and it's funny because I used to always hear Stace and I'd hear Cameron and nah, man, we're nearly there. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And now I've seen you skinning there. I'm like, damn. <laughs> That's right. Because oh, what, yeah. what encourages me even more is that the Blues haven't won this year. Oh. You know, so us coming fifth, oh. them coming second, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, oh. no one's going to remember second or fifth. Uh, and I thought I was the spiteful one then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll remember fifth. We'll definitely remember fifth because that's a a season with zero wins. So that will be but then even on top of that, so yeah. you know, it's the whole Dan Carter factor. If he doesn't play next week, if he doesn't play this this weekend, yeah. then 
that meme of don't you hate it when you buy stuff online when you're drunk and never end up using it yeah that one's gonna stick in my memory yeah yeah for this season well it's kind of funny everyone else caught it no 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 wait Stace <laughs> everyone else everyone else that wasn't a Blues fan knew that this was a gimmick like when it came out we said it was a gimmick but you every, every Blues fan was on it like oh man he's gonna add this and that anything he added was water was water <laughs> And I don't know what he's putting in the water as well because well, it, it, it did help your team though because it encouraged everyone else. But and he's good. He's good marketing. He's like Sonny Bull, you know. He's, he puts bombs on seats and doesn't even play. I don't know why you guys say you guys were nearly there this year because you guys were nearly there last year. Hey, eh? we nearly there. To me, it's like a step back. Is it, is it the coaches? Is it, uh, is it is Colin Cameron, Cooper versus Cameron? Cameron. <laughs> the thing is, you versus know, Warren Gatlin. We're, we're nearly there every year. <laughs> Okay, that's the difference, right? And then you know, for you know, so that's what this is all new to me. I'm, I don't know this feeling. This, it's, um, I haven't had this in ages, Cameron. So I'm still coming to grips, grips with it. But here's the catch: I'm not, we're not going to be in this love for like four or five years, ten years. This is just a blimp. Next year, I, I guarantee we're going to be we're going to be you know note the state because we're going to have the same conversation, and we'll be talking about how we we how we came back from oh and eight to eight and zero. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, I've been excited, you know, yeah, no, going going on again about the uh, lack of having <laughs> the lack of having Brody Retallick there. Um, I guess it's been really awesome and encouraging to see the Patrick Tupolotus come to four, oh, and okay. also your Shannon Frizzell as well. In the weekend, he had a bit of a good game as well. So, um, you know, and that's all seeing and good to have Whitelock back. Obviously, you got um, Barrett injured as well, uh, the locking brother. Hey, can I, before, sorry, Stace, before you go on, um, you know, Scott Bad is he the most over, overrated player in New Zealand rugby, or? That's a harsh, that's harsh, mate. Um, I, I think he's, he's unsure where he fits into the international landscape, because he's not sure if he's a lock or a blindside. He's sort of halfway in the middle of both. But when you look at him when he plays at Super Rugby, he's he's worth his weight. He's he's actually really good at that, that level. And there was this article where they talked about the fittest guys. Yep, the and he was in there. And all the Bar- all the Barrett brothers are up there, but he's arguably the fittest forward that all players yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. So, well, then, so he's probably overrated in terms of the Barrett brothers. I think he's he's clearly third, but he's he's, he's still um, he every test he's had for the All Blacks, he's, he isn't really now that we think this guy is uh, you, this is a memorable performance from Scott Barrett. But you know he deserves to be picked based on his. Super rugby form, I'll say that. I guess that's what I was alluding to because, um, because of okay, we're going all the way back to semi final. But so I think there's a few of I've talked to a few guys at work and they they've got their own views on Scott Barrett. I, I, like you, I, I think he's a he's a awesome um, super rugby player, and he wouldn't be captain of the Crusaders if he wasn't. Um, you know, if they didn't believe in him too, so I just wanted to throw it out there yeah. because I, I know, like people, people don't really talk about it because he is one of. Um, I know it's because he's one of the Barrett brothers, but yeah, <laughs> it definitely helps him having uh, Barrett as his last name. But um, you just on the Chiefs, uh, you made some really good points there, both you, um, Roger and Ice. Um, you talk about guys like Bowen Barrett and Liam Messam and Aaron Cruden and all the rest of it, but what you're really saying is they they didn't have the leaders. And I think that's where the Blues have turned a corner because guys like Patrick Tuipulotu and um, even Akira Iwani stepped up, Bowden Barrett, the leaders have really led the team well. And I think that's where the Chiefs have really been let down in a lot of respects on that front. So I think that's um, if they can get the leadership to step up and lead the team from the front, I think they can turn a corner. 
So I don't think they're going to go eight and zero, but I don't think they'll be uh, zero and eight again. I think they'll move up. I think Roger Randall sure. signed to play for the next year as well. <laughs> I'd rather have uh, another Roger playing if we're going to stoop to Roger Randall, mate. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, Aaron Cruden's gone, and they had uh, Caleb Trask there, who's had a few games. And just in this game, the Hurricanes really targeted him defensively. So they tried to hide him a little bit, and he uh, he got run around from Xavier to set up that first try. He got run through by um, Duplessis Karifi not long after that. And then Peter Umanga Jensen also ran over the top of him. So they didn't defend him at first five. They, they thought that the Hurricanes were going to go one, one out of the, of the uh, set piece, of the lineups. So they tried to defend him at center and it worked. So the Hurricanes would go too wide and they'll just run through him. And then they'll be able to build their game off the back of their, um, of those, the, the next couple of phases. So I thought that was really good coaching from the Hurricanes coach whose name escapes me. But, um, I see, Joey. You're on the. I see you're on the uh, on the um, pod now, brother. Um, how did you see that game, Hurricanes Chiefs, uh, on Saturday night? Sorry, champs. What was the uh, what was the question there? Just the Hurricanes and the Chiefs on on Saturday night. We're just uh, doing our reviews on that game. So, did you catch that game, and and what did you take out of that one? <laughs> oh, Hurricanes versus 0 and 8. <laughs> I understand why you didn't miss that. You were, <laughs> there was a lot of. Um, Garbage spoken earlier from these yes, two Chiefs guys. It was, but quite uh, well. yeah, what did you what did you make out of um, of that game and what the boys just had to say? Um, mate, look, it's uh, just like Warren Gatlin said in one of his interviews. They're better for the experience, and uh, McMillan will come in to replace the team. Uh, well, replace the coach um, with a team that has suffered, you know, the the failure before, like. I, I said, you know, the success that he hopes that they will bring next next season with the eight and zero. So, looking forward to Chiefs' season next season. Um, look, I, I, I truly believe that they can come back from this uh, sooner than it took for our beloved Blues. But um, I do think that they have some, you know, they have some leadership in the team to bring them back to where they need to be next season and and that's hopefully not fifth in super rugby alt at all yep nice um yeah i, I just wanted to bring up our peter umanga jensen he um he had a good game and again so you know i think he was a guy who wasn't really in that conversation but the last couple of weeks he performed well against mm. you know anton leonard brown who's world class and he played yep. good against jack goodhue the week before so he's um he's really putting his name up there for uh, north south call up potentially yep absolutely He's one who's, what, do we throw the word pedigree in there? You know, he's obviously come from uh, a rugby family that's quite well known. But also, um, yeah, I think he's he's doing himself uh, more than a favour to do well this this part of the season and also uh, going into next, whatever's next, whether that be a trial for him with the North-South game um, or other honours, play for Manusamo or maybe. <laughs> yep, yep, we'll take it at the moment for sure. Nice boys, um, you guys got anything else you want to add on this Hurricanes-Chiefs game before we move on to um, Sunday night game? Yeah, you Chiefs boys said your bit on all of that. <laughs> I've, 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 I used all my energy on that little rant, so um, <laughs> I'm still recovering. I think this guy gets some, uh, some equal vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think I think if nah, Warren Gatlin that was good. I felt the passion. I think if Warren Gatlin wants to blame anyone, he needs to blame his son for sparking up the run of losses. There was Yeah, you're right, man. It came from that that Otago <laughs> and I just I think we kind of yeah. Because we were yeah I don't want to touch on any more of that as I'm already hearing Joey Basket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, Joey, like you talked about the leaders as well. So when you have a loss like that where you've played, been a better team for the majority of it, it's up to the leaders to pull the group back in and say, we've got to let that game go and focus on the next one as opposed to just letting it spiral out of control. So hopefully if they get Retallick back and these guys that you've mentioned, they can turn a corner again. So, yeah, I the Chiefs-Blues have a rivalry and the fans as well. And I know like us, we always have a rivalry, but I didn't want that for the Chiefs. I didn't want them to be... Oh, mate, not at all. You know, you guys, now we're feeling sorry for you guys. (laughs) I don't want your pity. I don't want your pity, mate. (laughs) You guys, pets on the back, so it's all right, you know. uh, Yep, boys. (laughs) On on Sunday, we'll have a look at Sunday's game. So the Crusaders played the Highlanders in Christchurch, and the Crusaders took it out 32 to 22. So, Joey, mate, did you catch the game, and what did you take out of that one? Um, I didn't catch the game, unfortunately, but, you know, I think uh, the right team won, <laughs> given the form of the comp- during the competition. Yeah. I think the yeah. Blues supporters were hoping that uh, Highlanders would do it so that keep that final game alive, as opposed to being the dead rubber that it is now. <laughs> Don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... It would have been uh, sort of a fitting end to have the top two teams battle out for to see who would take the title of this uh, makeshift competition. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I keep plugging that bit, and but no, you're right though. No, the course, it would have been awesome, and it would have just it would have been only fitting for the top two teams for the Blues to try and win it um, if they they could have played um, played this week. So I was uh, hoping that the Highlanders could win uh, would win. Especially early form when they were um, leading, I thought this could actually happen, and but uh, it wasn't it wasn't to be. So that first sixty minutes, man, man, got well, my hopes were up to exactly because ma- of maximum. Because the Highlanders were playing really well, and mm. uh, especially with Shannon Frizzell scoring in the first minute, or bang on one minute, and yeah. then they were leading the Crusaders for the entire second half, and um, only to what was the final the. Yeah, it was only by four points at half time, but they were up seventeen, seven at one stage. You know, the commentators they always talk about um, the games being like a, a test match, quality games, huh? and and this is like one of those games because Shannon Frizzell scores in the first minute. Now Ricky gets that in, intercept. Intercept, yep. So off little mistakes or off, you know, and then Crusaders yeah. on on the sixtieth minute score those two tries in two minutes to lead the game, and um, that's it. You can never sort of yeah. be comfortable because that's you know, right. They were coming back and they were they came back strong and obviously to take the game. And but that's just testament to the outfit that is the Crusaders. Mm. Uh, they've got players that can do it from any which way. But yeah, that Nariki intercept sort of gave the hopes of the Highlanders that they could actually do this mm. and take it out. But it was still early days. Even even in the first part of the second half. That, that lead into Michael Collins' try. How the Highlanders were just thrown in the round. That lead up. I th- that, that was the best rugby I've ever seen in ages. But Mo- yep. Moonga was uh, the way he, he would play as well. And how he broke out from within his half to set up that try. Oh no, almost try. And Bryn Hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the chopped over <laughs> the That line. should have been a try, right? Yeah. But then Bryn Hall losing it over the try line. But that was 
Moanga just creating that out of nothing and bringing it back. But oh, that, well. that, that was like the second um, try saver from mm. from Josh Mackay. Man, no, that was, that was a really fast paced game, man. It was real, really exciting because it was interesting. Because, yeah. like you're saying, the commentators have been saying it like test match quality, but then somewhere I can't remember who was one of the commentators from Australia was saying that their quality of is better quality. Their what they they've got the Australian Super Rugby competition based uh, compared to because but only based on the points differences mm. the, the points differences haven't been as much so they're saying that due to that fact Australian competition is a lot better than the Aotearoa Super Rugby I can't remember the commentator they said it I think he was an ex Wallaby as well probably Rod Kiefer Kiefer that was it was it, it was oh, yeah. he always he always says stuff like that you know cause he's a, I think he should change his name there's a few letters we could put in with the K between the K and the F they could really <laughs> but but you know I was, again the standout for me in that game uh, was um, Aerosmith man because he led man he led that game man all those breaks he had yeah well the MVP the MVP I mean we can all agree well I don't know we talked about it in the other podcast but we were talking about MVP sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> no 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 that's good uh, he's definitely in that conversation but um yeah, just in that game, um, I was on with you, Cam. So the Highlanders were good for 60 minutes, and then the Crusaders just, just did what they did. So they've scored over 40 percent of all their points in the last 20 minutes. So in all those close games, they're able to just blow them out at the end, and that's basically what won them the title. Um, Moonga, he was he was a beast again. He's been mm. good all tournament, and he's up there with Aaron Smith in that conversation as the, the best player of, of the whole tournament. Um, you talked about Mackay's try saver, but I thought you know Tomkinson when he got that yellow card, mm. that was um, a decisive moment in that game. And I thought, you know, when the game was neck and neck, when they got down to fourteen players, and I think they might have got a try or maybe two tries during that that uh, ten minute period. And that was mm. when the Blues' hopes just died with Tomkinson right there. <laughs> well, any yellow card in a tight game like that is going to be costly at any level. So how many? So how many? How many times have uh, has your team? Um, oh, sorry, Joey. Can never you right? Um, oh yeah, one thing I just wanted to add, boys. Um, they had that guy on the bench, Pariti. So he oh, came man. on as well. Jesse <laughs> Pariti. And he just yeah, Jesse Pariti. He came on and then he fumbled the ball twice in this like ten minutes he was there, mm. which were crucial areas and crucial moments. So another guy, you know, just when the game's on the line. And you're cheering for the, the Highland as a, as a Blues fan. It was, um, you know, just a couple of key parts at the end. But, you know, you guys brought up Josh McCoy as try saver. You know, the ABs, they like that sort of stuff, that effort on top of effort. So mm. he had no business even being there. He <laughs> chased Brent Hall all the way back. Yep. That was a try nine times out of ten. But just for him to make that extra effort to try and make that tackle, keep his team in there. You know, he's one of the guys who's really improved because if you listen to some of our earlier podcasts, uh, when we were doing it as part of the back of the one two five, uh, Josh McCoy, he wasn't getting a lot of love from from us at that point, but he's improved a lot. I'll say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, no break dancing, no break dancing from uh, Scott Robertson. I don't know what that's about. He's normally into his break dancing once they won the title. Well, I think he's saving it for the Garden of Eden. 
He was still oh, break dance. He was a break dance. That's where you know, uh, you know. He's I think he's, he's going to break dance, win or lose, because they've got the title. He said so. He's going to break dance. So the Blues may win next week, but he's going to still break dance and do his uh, his uh, backspin. But I think um, speaking of you know the the Barrett, Scott Barrett missing from the the Crusaders and that Luke Romano had a nice little touch there. We offloaded to Monga and Monga after George Bridge, George Bridge again. Um, sort of putting it out there that he's to be included in, you know, the top three wingers at least uh, around New Zealand. Severus, good little dart up the side, but Bryn Hall was had some good skip passes in order for Severus to get on that, because you know we know he's a good finisher, but for him to explode out uh, beyond halfway and be able to set up a pass back into Bryn Hall, who was in support, and then back to George Bridge, and then setting up. Under the post, so yeah, Crusaders, nice little touches there. But that Luke Romano offload, he had no business in being able to offload like that, but he did so. George Britt getting yep. a second. You know, it's hard to watch the Crusaders play, especially when Justin Marshall is, is there commentating. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, f- I figured them out, eh? I figured them out. I f- he knows from the stats what's going to happen in the game, and he builds it up. I don't know if you noticed, but he builds up, he builds up that last 20 minutes that the uh, Crusaders are like um, dominate the game. He actually built that up in, from the beginning of the game, from the first half. And then when, when it happened, he goes off about it. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, he likes to have that insight, like giving his insight, and this is what they're going to be doing. But then if it doesn't go that way, then, yeah, but this was the other option. Yeah. This is the other possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a couple of guys on this podcast sometimes. calls <laughs> about what they're doing. Don't be so harsh on yourself, Stace. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Marshall, he's um, he can be in a quiet taste at times, but um, yeah, you got to say congratulations to the Crusaders, I guess. I quite like um, Joshua his efforts as well for the Highlanders mm-hmm. as well. He was yes, he yes, some, point. You know, injections there and here. He was sort of keeping them in the play as much as possible, but breaking the line. So it was injections. <laughs> injecting himself. <laughs> injecting sorry. Sorry. himself into the line. Yeah. What's your injection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. He, his, his footwork, eh, quite close. Mm. We'd run to the line and he had some really good, good stepping and stuff to get these little mini half breaks. So yeah, you're right. Good call on that. Um, boys, have you guys got anything else you just want to add on on this game? Uh, Crusaders, Highlanders? Before we do some previews for the upcoming week? I think our season's finished and then more previews. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really matters anymore. But... Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm over this uh, makeshift competition. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, but seriously, as a as a rugby fan, I am looking forward, pays me to say, but I'm really looking forward to the, to the Blues-Crusaders game this weekend. I just think... Like these are the, these are the two hottest teams, and they're going to be playing. You know, coming into some form. I mean, they're both coming in, and this is really going to. Um, it's going to maybe just give a insight into who's going to be in that North South. Uh, you know, some bolters for the North South, and who's going to make the All Blacks this year. Yep, yeah, good call. I think that's the thing. Like, even though the title's over, there's still a lot to play for. Like North South uh, spot. You know, you if, if you're up against an, uh, an All Black or whatever, you still want to try to get the wood on them and try to push your own case forward. So, um, yeah, we'll look at some of these games coming up. So on Saturday night, uh, the Highlanders are playing the Hurricanes in um, in Dunedin. So, uh, Roger, mate, how are you seeing that one? 
Highlanders. Give us a prediction as well, bro. Give us a prediction for the uh, for our TAB pundits who listen. Highlanders Hurricanes. So um, I'm thinking I, I, I've enjoyed both. Both of those teams have been playing well in the last couple of weeks, and but I was thinking um, Highland Hi- Hurricanes. Sorry, Hurricanes just to upset the Hurricane uh, Highlanders. So I'm all over the place. Sorry, Hurricanes to win over the Highlanders by five. Oh, nice, 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 Kems. Have you, uh, what's your view on this one? Uh, Highlanders Hurricanes in Dunedin. Yeah, um, just thinking about it, it's it's fitting that the Chiefs have a bye the last the, <laughs> <laughs> the last week because you know the, the four best teams have been yeah. playing. <laughs> four, four best teams are playing in the last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's all four teams uh, playing have something to prove. Um, as for the Hurricanes Highlanders game, I like to think the Highlanders will take this one. Yeah. Hmm. The way they played against the, the Crusaders, yeah, I think true. I think the Highlanders will, will win this game. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, what about you, Isa? Are you going to be catching this game? And have you got a, uh, any thoughts or yep. predictions? Yep, yep. I think the Highlanders are 12 plus. And I think I think it's, um, it's Aaron Smith versus uh, TJ. And I think this is for the starting halfback spot. And I think Aaron Smith is really going to lay down the... The law. The, the law, lay down his claim as to being the number one um, halfback so I think, and I think they're just going to carry on that form. We'd be talking differently about the Highlanders if they got up, if they just carried on for for an extra twenty minutes against um, the Crusaders, and we'd be talking about like the because you know Roger said the upset would have been the Highlanders beating the Hurricanes, but yeah, um, I think the Highlanders have got this one. I think they've got they had a better form going in. They've still got that form, and they're probably on this level level pegging as Hurricanes, but I think. Aaron Smith will be the difference. Do they have a chance of overtaking the Hurricanes if they win this game? I don't know. I don't know the the points table. That, like we already ah, said, that it doesn't really, it doesn't matter. Oh, so <laughs> this is like the semi final without a final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, these are bragging. These are just. This is just bragging oh, rights. Right, right. This is just bragging rights. There's nothing. All the while, the Chiefs are already having their Mad Monday. Yeah, as we speak. Well, let's not let's not talk about Chiefs and Mad Mondays. We know how badly that turns out for us. So, which way? It's not. Above board, I, don't, above board. I don't know what they're doing and I that are doing down at H Town. I don't know what kind of extracurricular activities they have for our boys. That I, are, I think Joey Ngai is um, organising the <laughs> extracurricular activities. <laughs> oh, he is the extracurricular. <laughs> Joey, man, any response to that? This guy is laying out some some bold accusations there, man. Joey, brother, any, anything you were there? Are you still there? I think he might have left us, oh, Joey. I think I think that was the last straw. Those comments from you boys. Mike, Joey, any thoughts, mate? Any thoughts, uh, Highlanders, Hurricanes on on uh, this Saturday night? Are you on mute again? Can yeah. you boys hear me? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah there we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I had to leave and join again. So, um, which is why you probably weren't listening, weren't hearing my responses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, do you want to respond to the boys' comments and then uh, talk us through? So this there's no response. He knows he's guilty. My first, my first response is: Don't look for excuses, boys. The chief was shit. My second response is the Hurricanes are going to win. They've got fine form coming into this final game against the Landers. I don't know what you guys have been drinking. But, uh, <laughs> oh, hey, I, I see, see Hurricanes. I see Hurricanes. I don't see. I don't see the Highlanders doing it. 
the Hurricanes will win. Um, is, is the bus going to get a get to have an appearance or what? No, like I said, that ARA bus was long retired, mate. It's expired. It's still sitting at Ranui Swanson Depot. Man. But, yeah, my my prediction is Hurricanes by eight points. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right about the Canes. They they could very well be the form team of this comp so far. They've won five in a row. So they lost their first two games, and now they've... After that, they've won the next five, so they're really coming on by storm. We're doing this podcast before the teams are announced, but I think maybe Tompkinson might get uh, suspension for his um, shot on on Jaeger where he knocked him out and got that yellow card. And if Mm. he gets suspended, they're going to have some midfield um, conundrums on who they're going to pick there. So, And and if I look at the Hurricanes, guys like Peter Umunga Jensen has just been running rampant through there. And I think that could be an area where they target, especially if Tompkinson's not there because he's defensively very good. So, yeah, I'm also going to go for the Canes on that. Uh, Canes, I'll, I'll go Canes by 10. Nice. All right, boys, and that brings us to our uh, game on Sunday. So the Blues at Eden Park against the Crusaders. What should be the final? It should have been the final if we had a final. Um, but, yeah, I'll go to you. I'll come to you, Joey, mate. You haven't had much to say. You've been cut off a bit, so um, I'll give you the first word on that one. Blues Crusaders at Eden Park. Blues Crusaders. Christy to score a try. Bowden Barrett to uh, make the final conversion of the game. So Blues by... I think the, I think the Blues are going to win comfortably. Oh. They're going to win by 13 points, I'm giving them. That's probably because the Crusader boys will probably be out in town the night before anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they're, stopping by, they're stopping by Hamilton on the way up to Auckland. So, thank, you in, thank you in advance, Chiefs boys, for doing us a favour. <laughs> <laughs> nice boys uh, how about you Cameron uh, are you seeing that one I know you're a Blues fan you know don't don't preface it like that it's like you're putting the pressure on Cameron like Cameron's hard as telling them Crusaders but he's like yeah Cameron you're a prediction but we all know that you are a Blues fan so you know there's no way that Cameron could say what his heart's telling him that the Crusaders are gonna finish off in style is that what you want to see Cameron or am I just no, I'm, I'm using my head on this one. I'm, I'm using my head on this prediction, and you know, you know, the the spark's gone for the um, Crusaders. They were, they already oh. won the comp. No, they've no only because they've already won the comp, and they're gonna come up here all happy, and they're gonna leave all happy, <laughs> no matter yes. what the result is. Yes. So I think, so I, I agree with, with, I'm gonna agree with Joey on this one. Blues will win comfortably. Yes. But I don't think they're gonna. The Crusaders are gonna let their coach do a backspin in the middle of Eden Park Man. after a loss. Yeah. So they're gonna make sure not only have they won the title, but they're gonna make sure they win at Eden Park in style. Mm-hmm. It's a piss trip for those boys. That's all it is. Yep. Hey, I'll, don't don't bring what you used to do at Patumahoe and Ponsonby <laughs> into <laughs> the Blues, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm still doing at Papa Toy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, 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 you, what were you going to say, brother? Um, what's your take on the game, Blues Crusaders? Oh, well, I think I've already mentioned that um, the Crusaders are not going to let their head coach do a backspin on Eden Park. It's backspin. It's backspin into the worm. <laughs> into the worm. So he's going to be doing that exactly mm, only after a win. Yeah, yeah. after a There's, win. They, yeah, because it's not going to be the same effect. If yeah, they know they've won the title, but he's not going to be doing. He's not going to be. He's not going to be happy about doing a backspin and into the worm or dolphin dive after or, a loss to the Blues. Or, 
So or maybe, I think he, maybe Roger. his team are going to be amped and they're going to be ready to try and, and win. Maybe he shares your view, Roger, that it's just a makeshift competition, therefore it's not <laughs> worthy. Nah, uh, yeah, I think it might be that he's still got sour grapes because he's not the All Blacks coach as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so goes, I'm not going to dignify them with in my uh, my breakdancing moves. <laughs> Nice. But nice. How about you? Yeah, Isaac, are you seeing that one? Well, maybe they should just let him like do his breakdowns before the game, <laughs> <laughs> just to get it out of the way. Because you know they are the champions, and this is just those this faakua the you know faakua the the table carlongers. But um, I think the blues. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a packed house It's going to be packed as I well. think the Blues are going to have a full house I know that much Big time full sold house out. I yeah. s- Sold out And that's really The upside is man It's awesome to see Auckland rugby fans back You know um, But I think I think it's going to be a close one But Ice Do you think Bowden Barrett And Dan Carter Who they have yet to use they were a big pulling power as to getting yeah. the park back to the yes. full capacity that yes. is. And but winning, winning does Bowden, that. Bowden Barrett's gone next year. We know Dan yeah. Carter, is he going to be signing on to be Waterboy again? That's yeah. an expensive Waterboy you know, that they acquired there. But it's only Bowden that's gone. They've still got the core of that team. So I'd rather have Joey Nanai come and run the water you know, for him on the sideline. You know. Yeah, he, you know, get a bit of buck for your money out of there. <laughs> magic water, it'll be magic water. <laughs> <laughs> the water from Space Jam. <laughs> but no, I, I um, <laughs> try not to I try to do this with a straight face. I think the um, I think the Blues will win. Oh, um, after all that, you got to say that. Yeah, I think the Blues. I think <laughs> it's going to be really, really, that. really close. Yeah, I think it'll be really close. It'll be decided in the last couple of minutes. So, yeah, um, I'm only saying it because I'm trying to give them the jinx. But it's going to be good competition right <laughs> across the board, especially seeing Caleb Ralph. Oh, Caleb Ralph. <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> Caleb Ralph, eh? Not the Caleb Inge- Ralph again. First, he came with the injections, and now he's come with Caleb Ralph. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. In the eighth week, Caleb Clark. Yes. Caleb Clark going up against Severis George Bridge. You know, be a good show of. You know, the, the form wingers, Will Jordan, if he gets a show as well. Yeah, but, man. Um, it's it's going to be an exciting game to watch. Rico Iwani. Yeah. Could you? It's, gonna, it's a massive, comp, you know. There's a lot of a lot of um, questions will be answered coming out of this mm-hmm. game. Whether, um, who's the, I hope that, because I really, um, I think we caught, we've done uh, quite a, <laughs> There's no technical difficulty there. That's just some stuffing. <laughs> See, man, it's your, firstly, it was your kind of rough and your injections that uh, put me off. So we talked about Rico Yohane about three years ago being center, or two years ago being center for the Oblex, and I've always still held on to that. So I really think that um, that's the way to go. So hopefully he puts his uh, best foot forward. And this is the game. This is the game where everyone's going to. Try and uh, prove a point. I think um, with the Crusaders already winning the title, I wonder how much of the A team they play if they give some of the B guys a go. And Cam's, you put that in our group chat. It could be the Blues against Crusaders B because they've, they've, they haven't got a lot to play for now. And if that happens, then the Blues will, I think, will will kill them. 
So I'm curious to see what team, even though the Crusaders, they're, they're, a, they're a special team. They've got pride in the jersey, and the guys that they pull in will do good things. I do think that, I'm thinking that they some of the, the guns will be rested, and I think the Blues will win by 13-plus. Would, what, um, wouldn't you see that as being disrespectful to you, though? No, no. You know what? I hope I hope the Crusaders play their B team, because what they will do, they will... That will make the NCAA RFU little look at this competition and make it better next year. They would put the finals in there. Oh, perfect you know? for us, yes, for the you know? Chiefs. I think we love that kind of format. I, I think what we've seen is like a, a lack of vision from New Zealand rugby. You know, like I said before, the um, the commentators have said these are like test quality matches, and like uh, you need to have a final game after the after the round I opens. I don't think it's um, due to a lack of vision. I think it's due to working with what they had, and they had to put out a format as quickly as they could. Um, to try and fit in. But how hard would it have been to fit in one more week? No, then you'd need two final. more. Yeah. No, no, no. Why? Because wouldn't you have the semis? No, 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 no semis. There's only five teams. Oh, well, I don't know. Just go straight semi of the top two. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, so there'll be our team missing out. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I wouldn't mind. That's why I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah. That's why I say. No. That's why I said this is pretty much a semi-final yeah. weekend without a final next week. Yeah. <laughs> but no, well, I, one thing I'll say, like I'm just on that. Like if the Hurricanes beat the Highlanders, which looks definitely possible and the Blues beat the Crusaders which again looks possible then we'll have the top three teams will have the same record so six wins and two losses Mm. and the Crusaders would have won it on bonus points so this kind of reiterates the final series where you've got the top three teams with essentially the same record so it's um it's sort of a a weird way that it's ending if that's how it plans out these these last two games Mm. so yeah just um reinforcing Cameron's point there about the finals we need to have a final should you say like um straight just go and play that water matter pass in the gun on the Monday? Yep. Now one thing um the, the Australian the Super Rugby Australia so they have a final series and the final series they have I think would have worked well for us. So the team that finishes first they get a bye and then second and third play each other and then the winner of that game plays the the team that finished first in the final. So there there was a, a distinct top three in this this New Zealand. Super Rugby Aotearoa, so I think that would have been a good format if they... It's not like they have to rush through the, the competition to, you know, get ready for the internationals, because I don't think there's going to be any. So they should have just run it. Yeah. But, you know, can't do it now. I think they probably, whoever put the the format together, think, nah, there's no way, yeah. there's no way that three teams are going to finish <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the same record, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. We, we, I, I wouldn't have picked that. I wouldn't have picked that. Um, but, yeah, it's just how it's turned out, so... um. I'm, I am curious to see if he does some breakdancing old uh, Scott Robertson. I think that'll be funny if they, like, they lose any breakdancers on Eden Park. Well, yeah. Because then they have to present, or have they already No, they don't. The, they've already presented. Present. I wonder, couldn't they present okay. it again? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guys. Wouldn't it, it reminds me of It'll when, just do uh, it again, you know? It reminds me of when the New South Welsh team won the yeah. series one year, yeah. and then... They lost the game three, so it wasn't a whitewash, but they still got presented as the winners after that. <laughs> and that just didn't sit right. So, you know, I think it was, it was understandable that they presented them with the, the title last weekend as opposed to doing it win yeah. or lose at the, you know, at a dead rubber. <laughs> yep. I'm a It's a dead rubber, isn't it? <laughs> Makeshift dead rubber. But yeah, that's Asterix. It. Asterix is the other two we're using for 2020, Asterix. brother. Oh, so these are still, you know, titleless since 2003. Well, shucks, I didn't. That's not a stat I would 
Uh, up, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think look, I need to fact check that. You don't have to look up there. That's, <laughs> that's just all we know. It was Xavier Rush was the last uh, uh, captain there, one for the Blues. Xavier Rush. Anyway, uh, I digress. Yeah, anyway. anyway. <laughs> next year's next year's proper full Super Rugby title will be probably be better then. That's a familiar Because I, I think that this lockdown sort of, you know, lack of international travel could carry on right through to next year. Mm. So this could be the same competition that we've got again next year for all the all the plans that the New Zealand Rugby Union and stuff have, have in place or want to put in place. You know, uh, it's hard to see other countries getting on top of COVID to the point where we can travel freely and not have to isolate and all that sort of stuff. So this could be our competition again. Mm. But um, yeah, just on that note, no, boys, we'll, um, we'll just go around, around the table and get some final final words and final thoughts before we close up the podcast. So, uh, Rog, mate, I'll come to you first, bro. Uh, have you got anything you want to say? Just some final thoughts on the competition or rugby in general, just anything? No real final thoughts. All the best to the Blues and the Crusaders next week, as well as the Hurricanes and the Chiefs. Oh, I mean, sorry, Islanders. <laughs> And the Chiefs, um, they're going to be celebrating in the uh, end of season party and uh, building for next year. But um, thank you very much for a great Super Aotearoa and um, great to be here, great to be here and uh, look forward to 2020. But hey, what a waste of money, Bowden Parrot and <laughs> Dan Carter. <laughs> No, no way. Like yeah. these guys brought it up with the Chiefs. That what they they missed leadership, and they took those two off. I just don't want to ever see. Uh, I don't want to ever see the stats come up again. The corner once um, they've got these. No, no, no. Stays, I don't want to ever see those stats come up again with Dan Carter and Bowden Barrett with the Blues logo next to them, the most points scored in Super Rugby. Never again. Because that was disgusting. Yeah. And that was even before. It was not even with Dan Carter taking the field, and he's got. His points highlighted with the Blues logo next to it. Every single point he scored for Super Rugby to date, including Super Aotearoa, has been for the Crusaders. Fafte lava molevangoa. You know, you know the guy who was doing the, the the graphic for that. You can tell there was a Blues fan, and he just wanted to make sure that he put that in there. Because now that's forever. That's forever in history. You know? That was there, and oh. I'll always say that's Photoshop. I should have taken a screenshot of that. that was, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it won't take you. It won't be hard to find it, man. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, Cam's mate? Have you got some some final thoughts? Yep. Uh, you know, me being a diehard Blues fan, the season is over. So this weekend is just to me exhibition games, but that's okay. But man, this Super Rugby Aotearoa competition was awesome. It's been awesome. I mean, all the games have been top shelf, exciting, fast, and man, I think we showed the whole world what a real rugby competition is eh? um, yeah. it just gets me excited for the NPC the upcoming NPC the uh, the Mighty Tank Cup so you know it's um, yeah it's been really good nice nice eyes I'll come to you brother what, have you got any final words that you want to share no I just want to add on uh, to what Carol was saying how um, New Zealand we were the first besides the NRL we were one of the first competitions to come back and have uh, proper games and it's a good way, like especially for casual rugby fans to see how good New Zealand rugby is because um, I don't know what uh, rugby Rod Kefer has been watching, but I've been watching. <laughs> I watched some of the rugby men and honestly, it was makanga, man. You know, they got, yep. they got 38 year old Richard, uh, Richard Kahui and he's carving them up, bro. You know what I mean? 
and they, they and he's trying to say that the rugby is a, of a better class than now oh man honestly i mean there's classes that you should look through you know i, I don't know what classes he's looking through but i think um rod kiffer's got the same eyes as debo on fridays makasipa because <laughs> i don't i honestly don't know what he's referring to I know. I mean, the the games are good. These um these Australian, cause, but they're playing each other. You know, you know what I mean. So the quality yeah. isn't as good. But us, like um, what Cameron was saying, test test, like rugby caliber. You know, that, like that's the that was the standard that it's been of the last couple of weeks. And unfortunately, the the Blues um were in tier two nations. At, <laughs> we're in the tier two nations at the moment. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, good point. I agree with all of that. Um, I'm not sure what uh, what was watching. I'll have to read his comments so you can, uh, I missed that that one. But uh, yeah, Joey, mate, um, what about you? Both got some some final thoughts? Mate, this is just uh, just to echo Cam's thoughts as well. Um, I thought it was it was uh, top shelf rugby, and uh, it was really nice to watch week in week out. You know, um, and we're going to miss this, right? We're going to miss this in those months towards the end of the year um, and we're going to be chomping at the bit for 2021 season when the Blues finally take it out and um, <clears throat> Same I think I think um, I think the Chiefs even though they haven't had the best result this season 0-8 um, um, <laughs> 8 losses no wins yes yes we know uh, we know what we yeah, know the format is. Oh, and yes, yes, move on to your means. point, please. Hurry up! We're going all night. <laughs> um, even though they've had quite a woeful season, actually quite average, to be honest. Um, especially for a team that's based in New Zealand. I mean, why didn't we kick them out when we thought about it years ago? Um, <laughs> Um, but hey, I live, I live, I live in Chiefs country, so I have to show them some respect. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was it was such a great competition to see, and it kind of reminded me of my childhood um, watching those old MPC games. Even though MPC wasn't, uh, you know, the the professional era, it was it was nice to get that family feel back into New Zealand rugby, uh, especially with those afternoon matches, um, getting that buzz into the community again. Especially yeah. during this pandemic, people wanted something to take their minds off, you know, the pandemic and all the the rubbish that it brought. So rugby was obviously, you know, the I guess the the stop fix there. Um, and it was nice to see all of New Zealand, well, all of rugby New Zealand, get into our our top sport again. So I'm looking forward to what's next. You know, North South game, NPC, like I said, Stace and um, also, um, the international rugby, if that happens. So, let's see how it goes. Nice, nice. I, I agree about the afternoon um, afternoon rugby. That really brings the family back in, and particularly up here in Auckland. I think the Blues, like this game on the weekend, is going to be sold out on Sunday. And they had another game, uh, I think that opening game, which was also a sellout. So, the Sunday afternoon games is really... Um, <laughs> really been enjoyable from from the Auckland uh, fan base for sure but um, you know I know that Super Rugby Aotearoa is about to end but the podcast isn't so we'll still be ca- been carrying on uh, Joey you brought up the North-South games so we'll probably do some previews and stuff on that in the upcoming weeks and we'll talk about the NPC so just for our listeners out there don't think that we're going to be finishing up with our podcast but just for a final thought I wanted to um, congratulate the Crusaders again they've been the most consistent team this season 
and they've been the best team for a long time, so it's not surprising that they added another trophy to their cabinet. It does take a little bit of lust off this weekend's game, I'll say. Um, but as a fan, you know, I'll still definitely watch. Um, but I just wanted to say thanks to um, all the listeners for joining us for another episode of The Counter Rack. We're available on the usual podcast platforms, so Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, whatever you listen to, you can find us on there. So I want to thank the boys for being part of the podcast today and sharing your rugby knowledge. Uh, Joey, Rog, Cams, and Eyes on the Fact Checker slash Ranter. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks, boys. Thanks for coming on. We'll be back again next week, so join us again. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Thanks. Malo John Timo. Try to chop those, those grenades on, I see. <laughs> They're coming late. What a cheeky guy. <laughs> <laughs>